With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sota Daflam Gimel, page 33. We begin seven lines in, Tefillah. What's the reason why you can say prayer in any language? Because it's a prayer. You can say a prayer in whatever language you want. Whenever you want, you can just pray. Is it true that prayer can be done in any language? Behold, Rav Yehuda said, A person should not say his, his should not ask for his needs in Aramaic. Right, which was their vernacular, that was the spoken tongue at that time. Whoever speaks and asks for his desires in Aramaic, so the angels do not help him out. They don't speak that language, they don't understand Aramaic. So they're not going to be able to bring the message all the way up to Shemaim, all the way up to the heavens, to God, in front of God's throne. So it's important that we note, even though of course God hears everything, but He has set up a certain system, and that's how it works, the prayers that get sent up through these angels. So if they don't understand the language, they're not going to be able to bring it up. So my answer is like Kasha, it's not a problem. It depends if we're talking about an individual. So an individual has to say his prayers in Hebrew, otherwise they won't be understood by the Malachim, and they won't bring them up. But if you're davening, if you're praying with a group of people, with a tzibur, so then you don't need the angels to help you get it up there. So therefore, it's not necessary to say it in specifically in Hebrew, but it could be said in any language. Is it true that an angel does not understand Aramaic? We learned in Abraisa, Yochanan, the high priest, he heard a heavenly voice, that it said from the Holy of Holies, that it was saying as follows, uh, Rashi explains that we're talking about what happened was on Erev Yom Kippur, so many of the Kohan and the priests had to go out to do war, to wage war. So he was inside all by himself in the Beis HaMikdash, and he was doing the, he was performing the entire Avoda, all of the Yom Kippur service. So this voice came out of the Kodesh HaKadosh and said as follows, So the voice said that you are sheep, so to speak, the Kohan and the priests, the young priests, who had gone out to wage war against Antiochus, so they have been successful. That's what the voice came out. So we see it does indeed speak in Aramaic. So this voice, this heavenly voice, is, should be similar to an angel. There was another story with Shimon HaTzadik, the righteous one, Shemesh, he also heard a voice coming out from the Holy of Holies, Shu Aimer, that it said, The whole matter has ended. So the voice said that the matter has ended because this hated one wanted to come upon the Heichel, upon the sanctuary. And this guy, whose name was Nasklagas, he was the king of the, of the Greeks, I believe. So he got killed. And his decrees had ended. So now, so we see again that there was some kind of a mixture of Aramaic and Hebrew coming out of this Baskal, this heavenly voice. Because of Shah, and they wrote down the time, the Kivnu, and they were able to figure out that it was exactly the exact moment that Nask Lagas had died. So we see that what? It would, the heavenly voice would come out in Aramaic. So how can you tell me that the Malachi Asharis, the angels, do not speak Aramaic? They do. So the Gemara says, shani. So we can say that there's a difference between an angel and a heavenly voice, the Avida, that the purpose of a heavenly voice is to give over some kind of information. So obviously it's going to be to speak in the vernacular what people understand. Or we could answer Gavriel Hava, that this Baskol, this heavenly voice, was spoken by Gavriel, the Amar Mar, 
that that Mar said that Gavriel, there's one angel which is Gavriel, and he does speak all seventy languages, and therefore Gavriel is the one that speaks Aramaic. But most of the angels, the ones that bring up our prayers up to Shemaim, up to the heavens, they do not speak Hebrew. So it comes out that when we say in the Mishnah that a person can say Tvila, the prayers in any language that he wants, that's specifically when he's praying with a tzibur, with a multitude of people. Birkas HaMazim, we said a person can say the grace after meals in any language. The Chsiv, as the verse says, You shall eat and become satisfied, and then you will bless, Hashem your God, any language that you bless, meaning it uses a, a Lashen, a language of blessing. So blessing is something that can be done in any language. Shvuas HaEdos, and we said the swear that a person says about testimony, so how do we know that can be said in any language? The Chsiv, as the verse says, When a soul shall sin and hear any kind of curse, so it can be said this, this swear that a person is making about this matter can be said in any language that can be heard, because we use the word Shama, which means hearing, so any language that a person can hear, any language that a person understands. When it comes to a swear that a person makes in regards to the fact that he has not touched an item that was placed in his care, so we said he can do it in any language. So how do we know this? Because we learn it out from the fact that it says the word by both here and by the previous case. So just like over there it can be done in any language, so too over here can be done in any language. And these, the following ones, now we're quoting from the Mishnah, can be done in any language. I'm sorry, they can only be done in Hebrew. Mikrobikurim, the verses of when a person brings the first fruits, Vachalitza, and Chalitza, Chula, etc., ad Mikra, Bikurim, Ketzad. So, etc., all the way until the next part of the mission, which it says, How did it work with reading of the verses in regards to the first fruits? How did it work? And you said in front of Hashem, elsewhere it says, that the Levites, they said, and they spoke in Hebrew, I'll call Ish Yisrael to all the people of Israel, just like the verses over there. This that they said was said, in Hebrew, the Levites were speaking in Hebrew, so to over here, in regards to the, the verses that a person says, when he brings his first fruits, they also have to be done in Hebrew. How do we know that the Levim themselves, they spoke in Hebrew? So that's learned out from the fact that it says the word kol here, and it says the word kol by Moses. It says over here, kol ram, that they said it out loud. It says by Moshe, that Moses would speak, and God would respond to him in a voice. Clearly, Moshe was talking to Hashem in Hebrew. So just like over there, it's in Hebrew. Afkan So to over here, it's in Hebrew. Now the Gemara continues. So the Rabbi said that they learned that also from the verses by the Levites, and Rabbi Yehuda said he learned it up from the word kacha. kacha So the Rabbis who learned that from the Levites, what did they do with the word kacha? Which lachayra we could say, we should be able to say that the word kacha should teach us the same thing. So what did they learn out from that? They need it. That anything that's included in this action, that everything that the verses speak about here, whether it's spitting, whether it's taking off the shoe, all these things are included and they are necessary and you can't leave out any of the steps. Rabbi Yehuda, so how does Rabbi Yehuda know that? Mikai kacha, from the fact they could have said kai, which means this, and it said kacha, which also means this, this is an extra kaf. So that's what they, so Rabbi Yehuda learns out from there that it has to be every single thing that it says in the verses has to be done, it's all part of the whole process. And the rabbis, so they don't learn out from this extra cuff. They don't believe in this type of drasha. Rabbi Yehuda, we turn the page to 33b. So what does he do with the verse that the rabbis use? 
the Lashon HaKodesh. So he says that this that it says Amra, so actually we don't learn anything out in regards to Chalitza per se, but actually we use this drasha in regards to the Levites, that that's how we learn out. We said originally that we learn out from Kol Kol, from the fact that it says by Moshe, but it also says Amra. it says that there was a response from Moshe Rabbeinu, it says that Hashem would respond so therefore so Rabbi Huda says, I use this Aniyah to teach us that Levi him, the Levites would speak in Hebrew just like Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu in Hebrew. So he doesn't even use that drasha at all in regards to Chalitza, but rather in regards to the Levites. The Leil of Kol mi Moshe. So why don't you learn it out from the word Kol, like we said previously? So Gemara answers, Aniya Aniya Gomer. Kol Kol lo Gomer. The way it works with Xerah Shavah, when you want to connect two verses, you can only do that if you have a Mesorah tradition from your Rebbe. And he has a Mesorah tradition going all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu. So he only had a tradition about the word Aniyah Aniyah from the fact that there's this word Anah by both. But he didn't have that tradition in regards to the word Kol. So that's why he did not learn it out from Kol, but rather from Anah. Tanya Namihachi, we have a Brisa that implies the same exact thing. Whenever you find the word Koi, or Kacha, or Aniyah, or speech, so this is teaching you that has to be specifically in Hebrew. Kai, we see the word Kai in regards to Kai Sevarchu, in regards to the blessings of the priests. Kacha, it says the word Kacha, the Chalitza, in regards to Chalitza. Both of these have taught us that it has to be in Hebrew. Anira va'amira de Levim. And we use the word Ania and Amira in regards to the Levites that it has to be in Hebrew. So there we see again that he only learned that Ania and he did not have any kind of Messiah, any tradition to learn out from the word Kal. We continue. Brachas uklalos We said in the Mishnah, how did it go? How did it work with these blessings and curses on Har Evol? Kevin Sha'ar Yisrael Sayyardin, since they went over the Jordan, Achule, etc. Tanarabban, we have a Brisa. Lehema be'ever hayardin, me'ever layardin ve'elach. What does it mean when it says that they're on the other side of the Jordan? It's telling you that they're far away past the Jordan. They're not even close. Div Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Achare derech mevoy hashemesh. The verse says, past the path of where the sun goes. Makam Shecham HaZerachas is saying it's past, it's far away from the place where the sun rises. So therefore, the sun rises in the east, so it's far off in the west. Be'erz HaKnani, according to Rabbi Huda, so it's referring to a place of the Eretz HaKnani literally. HaYoyishay Ba'arava, who live in the flatlands. Elo HaGrizim Har Evil. So this is actually reference to the, the mountains of Grizim and Har Evil. Shayoshim Bahem Kusim, that currently, in the times of the Braisa, so those are inhabited by the Kuthites. Mulha Gilgal, Samachla Gilgal, it's near Gilgal. Eitzel Elanem Moire, Shechem. Near Elanem Moire, which is reference to Shechem. Elsewhere it says, He went towards Elon Meirah. Just like we see by Avram Avinu, that the Elon Meirah that we're talking about there is Shechem. Shechem. So over here, it's Shechem. Leave out the word Tanya. Because this is a continuation. says, In this matter, I proved that the Kusim who only believe in the Torah, except in the written Torah, they don't believe in the oral Torah, I proved that they were wrong. Your whole business is fake. You don't have anything. You say that we also say that Elone Mora is Shem. But we learned it out from a Limud, which is which is something that we have from the oral law. How do you know that Elone Mora is Shem? You don't know it. 
because I think the pshat is, I think the understanding is that by the verse it says moira. So it's not explicit when it says that it's Shem, it only says Eloin Moira. It doesn't have the same exact precise name. The only way that you could say that it's the same place is only by learning out Exir Shava by connecting it. So he was saying that we have this tradition, so you don't believe in the oral tradition, so you don't have this understanding. So why do you believe that this place is the same place as Shem? Rabbi Lazar Amar, Rabbi Lazar says, Haloi Hema Yarden, Yarden. Rabbi Lazar says the exact opposite of the previous Shita, of the Shita of the Tanakama. He says like this, this is actually a place not far away from the Jordan, but rather right next to the Jordan. If it's far away, that right after you pass over the Jordan, that's when this whole ceremony is done. So that would imply that it's a place that's very close to the Jordan. So this says, so it doesn't mean far off in the west, but rather it means it's far away from the place where the sun sets, not where the sun rises. It's far away from the west. It's closer to the east. So what does it mean in Eretz HaKnani, which is farther off in the west indeed? So this is referring to the land of the Chivi, who are also included in the Kananim, in the land of Canaan. Nevertheless, they live close to the Jordan towards the east. So we said the verse seems to say that it's a flatland type of place. They're not amongst the, they're not in a place which is flatlands, but rather they're in a place where there's many mountains and valleys. So, Mulha Gilgal, near Gilgal, they did not see Gilgal when they were on Har Evil, if they were close to the Jordan. Rabbi Lezer Ben Yaakov says, The verse here is not actually telling us the location of these two mountains, but rather it's telling us where they will go after they finish this whole thing. Just like originally Hashem was guiding the people of Israel in the Midbar, in the, in the desert, so to Hashem wanted to continue to guide them afterwards so they should have a proper path and know exactly how to go. So the verse says, Derech, it's telling you, go on the path, on the trodden path, and not through the fields and vineyards. The verse says, go through the places that are inhabited, and not in the deserts. Go in the flatlands, go to the place that's flat, and not the places that are mountainous and also full of valleys. So Hashem wanted to give them a good direction about how to go, to go on the straight path, to go on the smooth path, etc. Tanu Rabban, we learned in Abraisa, Kate said, Avru Yisrael Sayyardin, how did they pass over the Jordan River? Bakal Yoim, Arneser Achashne, the Golem. Generally speaking, and when they were traveling in the Midbar, in the desert, so the Aron, the Ark, would follow after the two encampments. Vahayoim, but on this day, Nasat Chila. So the Aron, the Ark, went first in front of the people of Israel. Shinemar, as the verse says, Hine Aron Habris, Adoin Kol Haaretz, Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Master of the whole world, Ivar Lefnechem, is going in front of you. And generally speaking, the Levites were the ones that would carry the Ark. But today, so the Kohanes were the ones who would indeed carry it. The verse says, That when the feet of the Kohanim, the priests, were carrying the ark, so that's when the, when they when they went into the into the water. So that's when the water split, the gummer, etc. So here we see that the Kohan and the priests were doing this, and we're going to stop here. We'll continue with this in the next daily daf.